0: unofficial Bengals podcast.
1: Welcome to the unofficial Bengals podcast. This is your host Frank LaPlaca and I'm a Bengals fan for life. All right in this episode we're going to review some Bengals headlines. We're going to talk about free agency. We'll go over some of the current Bengals that are free agents. Tom McLeavy is going to stop by for another McLeavy minute and Sands is going to come by with his expert analysis on some available free agents. Just a quick disclaimer, I recorded the segments with Sands and Tom McLevy on Monday, so a lot has happened since then, and you have a red-hot Tom McLevy on your hands, because when I talked to him, it was right when Lindsley got signed, and it was right when Tooney got signed, so he was not a happy man. So either way, you're going to get some of those guys' analysis from a few days back, and I'm going to give you some analysis on the stuff that's happened since.
0: The Unofficial Bengals Podcast is brought to you by the Zedia Network. Bengals headlines.
1: So we lost out on all the top-tier linemen. Joe Tooney, who I thought was definitely coming here. Trent Williams, that was one of my dreams that we were going to just sign him for a couple years and just solidify that left side of the offensive line. Corey Lindsley, there was nothing wrong with us grabbing a top-notch center and throwing him in the mix. Even Kevin Zeitler decided to sign elsewhere. And then you go to that second tier of guys. Incognito, Mac, Gabe Jackson, Filer, a whole bunch of them. Kind of missed out on all those guys, too. So needless to say, I'm disappointed. The offensive line was the main thing we needed to fix this off season. I know we have the draft coming up. I know there's a potential of them signing another second-tier or third-tier guard or tackle. But what we really wanted was for them to bring in some solid veterans that are proven and just let Joe Burrow know, hey, we got your back, man. We're going to throw a couple new guys on this line. You don't have to worry about pressure this year. It's going to be okay. So we put a lot of money into defense in free agency, just like we did last year. So it's hard to criticize the front office and say they're not spending the money. But I think this year was the year to say, no, we're going to break our conventional wisdom and we're going to go after those need players on offensive line. And we didn't do it. Again, I'm disappointed. It should have been approached aggressively. We should have really been looking out for Joe Burrow. I'm worried about you again, Joe. Joe. I'm worried about you now. Whether they bring in Sewell and another diamond rookie offensive lineman, those are guys that have never taken an NFL snap. So no matter how good they are, no matter how great they can be, there's going to be a learning curve. So let's think about what we did as far as signing all these defensive free agents. What it does is it tips off what we're going to do in the draft. Everyone knows we're going to be going for offensive players in the draft. Everyone knows we're going to be going for offensive linemen in the draft. Maybe a wide receiver, but if they sign Galladay, now everyone knows what we're going to do. The cat's out of the bag. is going to be strictly offensive linemen. So you kind of telegraph to the league what you're going to be doing in the first couple rounds of the draft. And then that leaves room for teams to jump in front of you and trade up. And, you know, they know you're going to go after this offensive lineman. Maybe they want him. You know, you want that air of mystique about who you're going to draft. That way teams can't jump in front of you. You know, like remember when the Steelers did that with Devin Bush a couple years back? It also telegraphs what we're going to do in free agency from this point on. Obviously, we're going to chase a wide receiver, but everyone knows that we're going to be going after another second-tier guard or a second-tier tackle. You know, I know Riley Reef has been floated around And he's a player who, he's a big name. I know he was a high draft pick. You know, you hear the name and you think you have a a solid tackle. I mean, I haven't analyzed his game fully, but the scouting reports, and from what I've seen, he's a player that had a rough year last year and is a little bit on the decline. And then you're also gambling that you're going to get two rookies that are going to be able to start right away. And then obviously starting two rookies is a gamble. So again, we're kind of tipping off the league by what we've done so far. They know what we're going to be doing in the draft in free agency. We're taking a little bit of a gamble. So far, it's been a little shaky on what the front office has done, unfortunately. Just wanted to throw in a quick last-minute note. I'm in the process of editing, and I saw that they actually signed Riley Reef. So you're a Bengal now. I'm rooting for you. I know I had some criticism on, based on the stuff that I read, but maybe you can show me otherwise on the field. So you know, any tackle or guard at this point is a positive. So let's roll forward. Welcome to the team and good luck, my friend. And they did re-sign Mike Thomas, so it's going to be nice to put him in at the gunner position. You have him and Brandon Wilson storming downfield. That's going to be a very good thing. And with Joe Burrow coming back, he did like to find Mike Thomas out there, so hopefully he can grow into a productive wide receiver as well.
0: Free Agency Free Agency
1: All right, here's my analysis of what we've done in the first few days of free agency, which are really the most crucial. One, we broke the mentality of signing our own players. I really thought they were going to throw a ton of money at William Jackson and a ton of money at Carl Lawson, possibly overpay these guys, and, you know, get back to that, oh, we're just going to re-sign our own guys. You know, they know the system. We've groomed them on our own. They're players that we know and trust and like as we know that's been a philosophy that hasn't really worked for us in the past so i'm glad to see that they kind of went outside of the organization with guys that are similar in skills to those guys and actually a little bit cheaper so that was a win in that regard and that brings me to the second point where unfortunately we've reinforced our reputation of trying to fix the roster by signing second tier guys and third tier guys this formula has not worked in the last episode i went over all the free agents that we signed that you know were difference makers They're all second-tier guys, and there hasn't been a lot of difference-makers in free agency. This was the year. This was the year we had the money. We had the cap room. You know, we have a quarterback that can market guys and bring them in because everyone knows he's going to be a superstar. You know, and here we are sitting on the same thing, signing guys that half the fans don't even know. The next item is it shows that we have a heavy focus on defense and free agency. And that's not a major deal, as long as you remember to fill your needs on offense as well. And as of now, we have not done that through free agency. In the last two years, we've picked up seven new starters on defense. And that's good. That's good to get that new blood in. And they're good players. What do you have? You have Reeder, Von Bell, Trey Waynes, and then the four guys that you grabbed this year, So you're really revamping this defense with players that are successful around the league. So I do agree with that aspect. That is a positive thing. And it also shows that we like to focus on offense in the draft, which is also not a problem. But you think last year it was Burrow and Higgins at the top of the draft. And this year, you're probably looking at the same thing. Unless they get Galladay, they're probably going to go for another wide receiver as a high pick. It's looking like they're going to take an offensive lineman in the first round. So now we've kind of developed the reputation. Well, you know, they sign defensive free agents and they try to build their offense to the draft. The good part about what we've done in free agency by getting the two corners and the edge rusher is we freed ourselves up where we don't have to chase those in the draft. Because I was thinking, if we didn't get an edge rusher, I was thinking second round, we need to get one. And the fact that they brought in Hendrickson might give us a little more room to grab Another offensive lineman with that second pick. I mean, and they grabbed Ogunjobi as well. So now we don't have to take a defensive tackle as early as we wanted. It gives us a little flexibility there. So that's one positive to signing the guys that we did in free agency. There is room to grab what we need on offense in the draft. So with that said, what's the strategy for the rest of free agency? Well, they have about $20 million left at this point, and that's without cutting anybody. About $10 million of that is going to go to draft picks. So right now they have about $10 million to play with. And then you have the option of waiving Geno Atkins and possibly cutting Bobby Hart. You know, that can free up, up to another $15 million. So you, you have up to about $25 million to play with if you find the right guys. So what are they going to do from here? You know they have to re-sign Kevin Huber. We all know they're going to grab a second-tier guard or tackle. Again, still looking at a deep threat. Maybe they grab a linebacker. There's not too many good linebackers left at this point. So that's about where we stand in free agency right now. I like what we did at corner. You know, they brought in Hilton and Awuzie for less than William Jackson would have gotten. And Awuzie and Jackson, there's not that much of a drop-off. You know, Jackson's a little bit better in man coverage, but still you get a player, a second-round talent that's capable of starting. And, you know, you got him for the same price. You brought in some new blood. I kind of like what they did at that position this offseason. And then you have Lawson for Hendrickson, basically. You know, Hendrickson has more production on the field. I guess Lawson has more athleticism and a higher ceiling. So, you know, you have about the same guy there. You paid a little bit less for him, but not much of a drop-off. So also, I thought that was a good move. And as far as the players that they re-signed, I had three players at the top of my list, and it was Mackenzie Alexander, it was Brandon Wilson, and Kevin Huber. Unfortunately, McKenzie is now not going to be re-signed. But if they're not going to re-sign him, Mike Hilton would be the guy that I would want. If you said anyone across the league, if they're not going to bring Alexander back, who would you want? I would say Hilton. So as much as I've been campaigning for McKenzie, at least we got a guy who is pretty much the equivalent of that. And re-signing Brandon Wilson, two years, about $3 million, very inexpensive for one of the best returners in the game, and speaking of special teamers, Kevin Huber hasn't been re-signed, but you know they're going to make him a solid offer. You know he doesn't want to go anywhere. He's a Cincinnati native, so he's going to be coming back too. P. Ryan, another player. I was really hoping they just didn't let him slip away. I'm glad they got him. They actually signed him for two more years. So we're set at the running back position. We don't have to worry about drafting, free agency. We don't even have to look at that position. Samaje had a great year last year filling in, and I think his ceiling is even higher than what we did last year with him. And they're bringing back Tony Brown. I mean, that's a no-brainer. He's a restricted free agent, so that's basically a guy that, you, that you're going to have a hard time losing. He's got some experience in the league, so he's going to be thrown into that mix, you know, as a backup, as a special teamer. And then lastly, they re-signed Brandon Allen, quarterback. One year, $1.5 million. That's a very low price for a backup quarterback. Going into free agency, I wanted to see them get like a Fitzpatrick or someone like that, even an Andy Dalton, believe it or not. You know, someone that you can count on to come in for four games and at least take it to a 500 record. But as free agency went on and on, I was like, you know what? We might not want to spend big money at that position because we have a lot of other needs to fill. So financially, it does make sense to re-sign Brandon Allen. But the negatives to that are... He started five games last year. He was one and four as a starter. Hopefully with a better offensive line and some of those defensive free agents, the team will be better around him. But it's not like we have a quarterback that's a proven commodity. So if Joe Burrow's not ready week one or has any kind of injury problems, we're not looking at a guy that can come in and take you to the playoffs. At least that's not what I saw last year when he did play. So I get the fact that they wanted to save money there. And let's just cross our fingers that Joe Burrow starts 16-17. Hey, you know what? Let's say Joe Burrow starts 20 games because we go deep into the playoffs. All right, so let's go over the players that we did sign. And next episode, we're going to go really heavily into these guys. But for now, let's... Give a quick overview of the new free agents, and it's always exciting to get new guys. I love when they bring in new players, free agents, paying these guys millions of dollars. The sky's the limit. You know, a new beginning in Cincinnati. In the case of all these guys, they're in their mid-20s, so, you know, there's a there's a high ceiling and a big future. So right now, everything is looking bright with these guys, and let's hope that it pans out that way. So first, Trey Hendrickson. He was the big signing 13 and a half sacks last year. And, you know, when you see that number, you want to dig a little bit deeper. And Bengals Talk, one of my favorite pages out there, posted every one of his sacks from last year. So I analyzed it. You want to see, is the guy, like, dominating the blocker in front of him and just running over the quarterback? Or is it hustle sacks or, or lucky sacks or caused by his other teammates getting pressure? So when I looked at those 13 and a half sacks, it was about 50-50, Half of them were times that he clearly beat a lineman. A couple linemen weren't the greatest linemen that he beat, but there was a few cases where he just overpowered his guy, got in there, a total win. The other six or so sacks were hustle plays, where he was getting blocked by his guy but still fighting and fighting, quarterback scrambling around a little bit, his motor didn't give up, and he got the sack. So that's good in that way, but you you can't just say it was 13.5 sacks of him just throwing the tackle out of his way and getting the sack. A few of them were hustle plays and plays that the quarterback came to him. It wasn't necessarily created by him. But that's not a negative. Thirteen and a half sacks is a big number, and 13 sacks is 13 sacks. So we signed him four years, $60 million, A little bit cheaper than your Lawsons, your Dupree's, your Ngakwe's. So he was a second tier in that regard, but still a player with a lot of productivity. He plays with a low pad level which is always good at that position. You know, you get under those tackles, you start doing your thing. And that's the thing. He's not this exceptional athlete, strongest, fastest guy, but he's got very good technique. He's a heady player. And from what I saw on film, the guy hustles. That's the case that I saw with all these free agents. They're all guys that play really hard. And I know pretty much everyone in the NFL plays hard, I know. But when you see guys that just go above and beyond and the motor doesn't stop those are the kind of guys that you want to ride with. Now, I don't know if he's a three-down player. He's a, he struggles against the run. I'm going to consider him more of a situational player and put him in there as a pass rusher. So by just signing him and throwing him in at defensive end, I don't know if that position is fully solved. I think you still need another defensive end that's you know a hybrid run-stuffer that can also get a little bit of pressure. So he was a third-round pick, and one of the reasons, I think, was because he doesn't have the massive physical attributes. They say he has short arms. I know we've heard that all before, right? That's the big knock on Jonah. But that does push a guy back in the draft a little bit. And then the other thing that I always look at is, why didn't his team re-sign him? You know, you always wonder if you're getting damaged goods or, you know, a player that you think is going to be great, but the other team, you know, saw him play for 16 games and realizes he's not the guy. But in this case the Saints are pretty cash-strapped right now. So it makes sense that they couldn't afford to pay him $60 million where the Bengals could. So that's why we got Trey Hendrickson. And I'm hoping that he comes through with another double-digit sack year and really solves that problem at pass rusher. The next free agent is Mike Hilton, and that's another one. Last year when they signed Von Bell, I actually like yelled out loud when I saw it scroll across the bottom line on NFL Network, and this was another one. I, I really didn't think they were going to get him. For some reason, it's hard to get those Steeler players to want to come play in Cincinnati, I guess, because of either the rivalry or that organization doesn't respect this organization. Whatever. All that doesn't mean a thing. We got Mike Hilton for four years at $24 million. He's a great blitzer. He's great in the box. He's great against the run. Another good, solid tackler out there. He's coming from the Steelers' defense, which is a pretty good system. So all those things come into play. He's not necessarily a great man-to-man cover guy but put him in his own put him in the box have him blitz there's plenty of uses for him he's definitely a high level player and perhaps the only slot corner they could have signed that made me say it's okay that we don't re-sign Mackenzie Alexander because I was on the bandwagon I demanded that they bring back Alexander but we have a player that's just as good so that's a good deal for us so the next signing was Chidobe Awuzie from the Dallas Cowboys signed him for a 3-year deal, 22.5 million, pretty low price for a starting corner, 7 million a year. Second rounder, another hustle player, tries hard on every down. He's better in zone coverage than in man coverage, so if you look at the guys that we got, you got your Hilton, you got your wouzier Probably leaning towards the Bengals playing a lot more zone than man next season. I'm not going to make that a total declaration at this point but if that's your personnel and you're getting guys that are a little bit weaker in man coverage but stronger in other aspects it leads me to believe that that's going to be some of the defensive philosophy for next season so back to Awuzie he only played in eight games last year he had a hamstring issue and he also had a hamstring injury in his rookie season so in four years two of those years were compromised by hamstring injuries so hopefully that's something that he can get under control You know, that's one of those things that nags and nags and nags. Hopefully he's recovered from last year's and he's ready to play a full 16-17 game season with the Bengals. And then the fourth free agent that we signed from another team is Larry Ogunjobi. Defensive tackle, Cleveland Browns, always good to grab these divisional rivals. We've got one from the Steelers. We got one from the Browns. I like it. Six foot three, 305 pounds, a little bit undersized for defensive tackle, Very good against the run, gets some penetration, was a third round pick. So, definitely a player that has his accolades and has the physical tools and has the league's attention. He's been reliable. He didn't start as a rookie, but the last three years, 16 games, 15 games, 15 games, what do they say? That the best ability is availability. So, you know, he's one of those guys. Pretty productive with the Browns. It'll be nice to put him in the middle next to Reader. Probably means the end of Geno at this point. And another guy to rotate in there, you know, with your Tupo. Maybe Wren starts to come around this year. They bring back Daniels. You got Reader. You got Agan You know, that doesn't sound like a bad defensive tackle room. And it also frees you up, as I said earlier, from not having to chase one earlier on in the draft. Unless a really good one falls in that second round, third round then, you know, you consider it. But as of now, it looks like we're set at that position. And then a quick note, Andy Dalton going to the Bears. Congratulations. I know everyone's upset that they didn't get Russell Wilson. Andy's still got a little bit left in the tank. That's a struggling offensive system for him to get into. But I'm wishing you luck over there. You know, over in the NFC, you're, you know, you're not a problem for us. Although I think we do play the Bears this year. So, wow, another Andy Dalton versus the Bengals moment. And then on to the Patriots. They signed a ton of players. They just find a way to say, we're not going to be a losing program, and the Bengals should take a page out of that book. And what the Patriots did, they went back to their heyday. I I don't know if Cam Newton's going to be the starter for them, but if he is, it's a guy who doesn't have a lot of downfield push anymore. So what do they do? They beef up the tight ends. And that's what they did back in the day with Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez, the infamous Aaron Hernandez. But they got those two marquee tight ends, and now the Patriots did it with Hunter Henry and Johnu Smith. Great targets for Cam Newton. That's going to be trouble. That's a very, very intelligent approach. Rather than just grabbing outside speed receivers, who your quarterback probably isn't going to get the ball to on a consistent basis, they have guys that are going to be roaming around the middle of the field that are much easier targets and proven guys. So that's something down the road. I'd love to see the Bengals get a dual tight end threat. But as of now, you know, we're probably going to roll with what we have and maybe grab one in the draft. All right, so I'm going to quickly rifle through the current Bengals that are free agents and who we should re-sign, who we should probably not re-sign, and who went elsewhere. A.J. Green signed with the Cardinals, so happy that he went to the NFC, so happy that he's got a very good quarterback throwing the ball to him. He's going to put up numbers out there. He's playing in warm weather, almost like retirement, right? What do people do when they retire? They go to Florida. They go to Arizona. So he's going to go retire in Arizona, hopefully knock up another 1,000-yard season or two and you know, get himself on the track for the Hall of Fame. A.J., you're the man. You've always been the man. You'll always be the man, and good luck out there. Sean Williams, I don't think they're going to bring back Sean. He had a lot of good years of service. The one big interception off a of Ben a few years back. Just a good, hard-nosed leader of the team. Last year, accepted his special teams role and excelled in it. So another guy that I'm going to wish well. He's still got a second chapter in his in his football career. John Ross going to the Giants. He went there for pretty cheap. I think it was like $2.5 million. For that price, I was almost going to say resign sign him. But I know that our coaching staff, for some reason, just totally lost it for him. So he really had no future here. So he's going to be playing for the Giants. I'm a New Jersey guy, so I'm probably going to get to see him play a lot. And I'm rooting for him. You know, any ex-Bengal that leaves that I like, which is pretty much all of them, go to the NFC. That way I can root for you in peace. Don't go to the AFC North. Don't go to the Chiefs. Don't go anywhere like that where I have to, like root against you. If you're going to go somewhere, go to the NFC. So good luck, John Ross. Mackenzie Alexander, I've talked about him a few times. Thank you for your service. You are such an underrated player. I hope whoever signs you gives you 8 to $10 million a year because it's very well deserved. Kevin Huber, no-brainer. They're bringing him back. It's just a matter of they're probably letting everything else unfold and seeing where free agency goes, seeing how much they can give him. But he's going to be back, and he's totally welcome back. A great Bengal, played a ton of games for us. He's the holder, too, a very underrated role. I don't know how many of you out there have actually held for kicks. It's not easy. It's not easy to get that ball, no matter where it's snapped, bring it down perfectly, spin it perfectly, And all the pressure's on. People take it for granted. Those game-winning field goals. Imagine if the holder doesn't do his job. You know, we saw that years ago with Tony Romo in that playoff game. And now that's why you don't see quarterbacks doing it anymore. You see punters that can dedicate full-time duties to being a holder. And that's half the job of being a punter. William Jackson, on to Washington. Thank you for your service, my friend. You put in some good years here. You're going to do very well out there with that pass rush. So good luck to you. And again, glad you're in the NFC. Alex Erickson. Another one of my underdog favorites, but he fell out of favor last year. That one fumble really killed him. They barely used him, so unfortunately, Alex Erickson is going to be looking for employment elsewhere. Sethan Carter was one that I really thought we were going to re sign, but I guess he wanted a little more money than we were willing to pay. He went to the Dolphins, so in that case, it probably opens the door for us to draft another tight end. Alex Redmond, they're not going to bring him back, but he's probably going to be on the couch in September, October if there's any catastrophe. We'll give him a ring. I'm sure he'll be on the first plane to Cincinnati. Randy Bullock, another one that fell out of favor last year. I thought he had a decent year, to be honest with you. I know he had the bad kick against the Chargers. Then he missed another kick or two midseason, and then it just felt like we, we totally lost it for him. LaShawn Sims, I don't like to diss on players, but, man, good riddance. I know he got thrown in over his head. You know, he thought he was going to be coming in as a special teamer with some spot duty at corner. And then he ends up starting some games and he just really wasn't ready for it and cost us a lot. He actually did. If you really analyze his play from last year, let up a bunch of touchdowns and big plays. And, you know, this is a guy that I don't mind them not resigning. Hey, good luck to you, man. You were a Bengal. You still have that with me. But, you know, hopefully your, your success will come elsewhere for you. Josh Bynes, I think he's another guy. You know, he had an up-and-down season. He wasn't the dominant player that we thought. He wasn't that player, you know, when he went to the Ravens for the second half of the year before, they said that he was responsible for turning the defense around and their big playoff push. I didn't quite see that when he was here. Still, it would be someone that I would welcome back because we do need a thumper in the middle, and he is a fairly inexpensive free agent, but it just doesn't look like they're going to be bringing him back. Christian Covington, waiver wire pickup stop gap at defensive line he's not coming back this year only because of the age you know he played hard last year he, he hustled he made a couple plays but they're not going to bring back a guy that's in his late 20s that's you know a career backup at this point mike daniels you can almost say the same thing about him as an aging player but he's got a track record and he's a good leader. I've, I've heard him talk. I've heard him do interviews. Very team-oriented guy. Very cool personality. You know, as I said, a leader type. He, he'd be perfect to bring back for a fairly cheap price and throw in that defensive line mix. He had a share of good plays last year, too. You know, it's hard to notice great play at the interior defensive line. But he definitely did have his moments. And, you know, if you go check out Sands's page, Sands and him are good buds. So you can see a lot of Mike Daniels highlights on there that shows that he had a pretty decent year. Marcus Hunt, another defensive lineman, stopgap guy. It was nice to see him back, and he actually did some stuff for us when he came in here. I don't think they're going to be bringing him back. He might be a guy that comes off the couch, you know, mid-next season if we're really up against the wall. Xavier Williams, same thing. One of those waiver-wire defensive linemen, probably not coming back, but he is a little bit younger than the other guys I mentioned. So, I mean, they could bring him back, maybe see if he can crack the roster, throw him on the practice squad. I'm not sure but unlikely, especially that they got Ogunjobi, and, and they're probably going to draft somebody somewhere in the draft. So that'll make his position on the team probably obsolete. Mike Thomas, I like Mike Thomas. I thought, you know, if Joe Burrow would have played the full season last year, Mike Thomas's value would have went up, because Joe was finding him from time to time, and then Thomas found his niche as a gunner. You know, we all remember the game against the Dolphins, but even beyond that, Carl Lawson going to the Jets. All right, he went to the AFC, so we're going to probably have to worry about him at some point. Another good guy, great personality, try hard guy. You know, good luck to you. He's playing in the New York market too, so I'm sure I'm going to see a lot of his play. So in my world, Carl Lawson isn't really going too far. Amani Bledsoe, an exclusive rights free agent, another guy that's kind of a no brainer to sign. They probably will re sign him, throw him in the mix. He'll end up on the practice squad or maybe on the roster if, you know, we run into problems with depth. Jordan Evans, you know, coming out, he was one of the fastest linebackers out there. They gave him his opportunity to be a starter in his second year, and he really didn't shine there. Although we need linebackers, and he did have a decent year on special teams last year, when you get to those guys that are fifth-year players or so, they're more expensive than getting a rookie that can kind of do the same thing. And Sands brought up a good point. You know, you just give Marcus Bailey Josh Evans snaps and you're kind of even at a lower price tag with a player with a higher ceiling. Mitchell Wilcox, I don't know anything about him. Just I know he's he was an undrafted rookie last year. He's going to have a chance if they bring him back because they lost Ethan Carter, but they're probably going to draft someone that's going to fill into a slot higher than him. He's going to find himself off the roster probably. Khalil McKenzie, another undrafted waiver wire pickup guy. I don't know what they're going to do with him. You know, you probably assume that they're not going to resign him, or if they do, he's going to be fighting for a practice squad spot. And the last free agent, Quentin Spain, bring him back. Bring him back. You didn't get Tooney. You didn't get any of the top free agents out there. Spain proved to be a reliable starter last year. He was our best offensive lineman. He played multiple positions. I mean, what do you have out there still? You have Warford out there and a couple other guys, but Spain's kind of on the same level, so you could probably get him back for a a semi-low price tag, so why not? You know, one last thing on Quentin Spain. I was actually going to bring up an idea that I had for the Bengals, but then it got blown out of the water when Trent Williams got signed, but I was thinking you bring in Trent Williams and Quentin Spain, and that's about the same price that you would have paid for a Zeitler and a Tooney, or a Tooney and a Lindsley, and would put yourself in a good position but i'm not going to go overboard talking about that topic but either way at this point he's better than anybody that you have on the roster and if you don't get another guard he is a guy that can start just wanted to break in with one more update randy bullock signed with the lions and alex erickson signed with the texans so you know good to see those guys continue their career and i do wish them luck that's the hard thing about doing this podcast during free agency. You know, I was trying to put it out earlier in the week and every time I was going to start recording, there was new stuff happening and totally changed what I was going to say. So hopefully all the information here remains relevant for a few days over the weekend. I know there's going to be a lot of changes. So that's it. That's free agency so far on the first week. The Bengals still have a lot of money to spend. And remember, they have Joe Burrow on that rookie quarterback contract. So when you have that, that's your golden time for those 4 years or so that's when you go crazy on other free agents cuz you're not paying your quarterback a billion dollars so this season next season the season after those are the real times to build this team up you know it's we're not getting any younger none of us are getting any younger we want a bengal's super bowl it's time to be crazy aggressive and they didn't do that this year i was hoping so badly that they did but here we are we got some new players we're picking high in the draft. I'm crossing my fingers that the front office does the right things, and I'm crossing my fingers that the team is successful, goes into the playoffs and beyond.
0: McLeavy Minute.
1: All right, we're here with Tom McLeavy. Tom, how are you today?
0: Good, Frank. How you doing, pal?
1: All right, my friend. So what's your take on free agency as far as the Bengals go? Well,
0: once again, mm-hmm. uh, this organization's a bottom feeder. You know, just before getting on with you learning all these free agent acquisitions, this organization had to go in hard to protect Joe Burrow, meaning top notch offensive line free agents. I'm talking Thoney I'm talking even like Zeitler, experienced guys with track records, enough of the fourth, fifth, sixth rounders that you project that were tackles in college and going to move over to be a guard type of guys. This team had to spend money, show the fans, you finally understand you finally got a quarterback, a franchise quarterback. How do teams like Kansas City sign these guys and then redo the contracts to free up money after cutting two offensive linemen and swoop in and, and sign uh, Thoney You got the Chargers with a a young quarterback building block. They went and signed the best center, gave them the highest amount of money. You know, Frank, going on Twitter, you see the fans of the first few hours are frustrated. Uh, It it, it just blows my mind how you have, have a guy that is finally at the quarterback position to lead this team. This is the, the free agent class where they had to make a splash. You get a taste of winning with a quarterback and you just get blindsided by the, the off-season struggles this front office has time and time again. See, that, this stuff isn't flying anymore with, with, with the fans.
1: At this point in time, I mean, it's still very early. How would you say that the Bengals would salvage free agency for this season?
0: Well, I mean, well, what do you salvage with? This was a time to go get a top tier guy, Trent Williams. If they're not going to give Thune the money, they ain't going to give him money. it, granted, they're going to they're going to wait until like uh either. Late in the game, and they'll give like a guy a one-year deal because they're going to draft an offensive lineman. I just maybe they're like, "Well, we got um, Frank Pollock back, so he's going to use his magic wand." And Billy Price is going to play good, and all these guys are going to play good, supposedly. Meanwhile, your quarterback's going to take another pounding. Uh, my outlook is they had to make a statement, at least one guy on that line needed to be uh gotten Zeitler goes to the Ravens I mean come on it's amazing Frank I'm just uh, at a loss for words.
1: Wow Tom I understand your frustration at this point I know we're just right into free agency let's hope that over the next couple days and next couple of weeks they pick it up a little bit and you know we come out of this offseason a little more confident
0: I, I agree and listen I, I, any pickup will be better than what they had last year. But I just, it doesn't give a good showing to the fans, to the league, that you're going to be serious. It just doesn't. I'm sorry. When you got the Chargers going out and giving, making uh, Lindsay the top page center in the league, it just doesn't give good optics to what's going on in Cincinnati and, and it just gives the media more time to throw shots at the Bengals saying same old same old X's and O's with Sands
1: alright we're here with Sands Sans, how are you today?
2: I'm doing pretty good how are you doing?
1: alright my friend so what are your thoughts on free agency for the Bengals?
2: it was Disheartening to not get Dooney and then pivot to Corey Lindsay and he goes five minutes later. So, as of now, there are still offensive linemen out there that are free agents that I think are net positives, both around the league and definitely for us. I think we're at the point where it's do we want the good player that's not exactly a scheme fit, who probably be okay in our scheme, just not as good as they could be. Or do you want to get the average player who's more of a scheme fit? Uh, to me I'd rather just get the good player and work around them. I'm more of like a net neutral around the league, but for us a net neutral average player is a is an improvement. It's a positive for us. So I don't know if there's a tackle on the market worth paying maybe Riley Reed, but he's played left tackle most of his career and I don't think that's a player you'd wanna move Jonah for. And then David Andrews is a big positive. He did a he did a great job against Aaron Donald in that Super Bowl the Patriots played against the Rams. Him and Thune and Mason were huge in stopping Donald that game. So he's a center, so we'd have to move somebody, either him or Trey. Trey used to play guard, even though he was worse at it, but that's why uh, Frank Pollock's here, right? (laughs) Make sure that our players can keep the level of confidence they have, maybe across positions or improve from where they are. We're moving from possibly the worst offensive line coach in the league to a good one. He's going to bring improvements, and we should be able to play up to that. So other than the free agent offensive linemen I've talked about, there's plenty of wide receivers. We're missing that deep threat. That our deep threat last year was AJ Green, and that didn't work out super well because he's aging. He was better in the short intermediate area like the rest of our players. And we need somebody to threaten deep so that teams can't cheat or really you just want to stop playing plus one in the box. There's Josh Reynolds, who knows Taylor from his time in Los Angeles. I think there's plenty of like random, fast wide receivers that aren't super great just in general. They're not going to be a 900-yard receiver, but they'll complement our current guys. Guys like Demir Berg, Keelan Cole, Chris Conley, all those guys are fast. Uh, they're free agents. They should be cheap. Those guys should all be targets to me. I think what you want in a free agent wide receiver would just be somebody who is going to threaten vertically, at least can threaten vertically, to open things up for our two guys underneath who are very good at what they do, but it would help if teams weren't able to cheat down and play against that. I saw that uh, Lou Anarumbo said he wanted a 4-3 pass rusher, which... We play a 3-4 base, and this does make sense to me. I know it doesn't make sense to everybody, but our base is a 3-4, and we've played 4-3 still, mostly against the Ravens. But even though we're basing out of a 3-4, instead of dropping to a 3-3-5 three, three, type nickel, we're dropping to a 4-2 nickel. If you think about the edge rusher in both those schemes, in a 3-4 you want a 3-4 edge guy, but in a 4-2 you're going to want a 4-3 type edge guy. So it makes sense to me guys i think that are worth taking a look at as a stopgap i really don't mind getting somebody like olivier vernon or melvin ingram or i think justin houston's free agent uh ryan kerrigan they're all able to rush the passer well they're not as good as they used to be but you give them like two years seven million a year six somewhere between six and eight million a year and it's a stopgap it's this guy's going to produce for you. Ryan Kerrigan was still productive on that Washington front. Uh, Melvin Ingram, I think he was injured a bit this year, but he's still talented. Olivier Vernon turned it up, especially with Garrett out. He played really well. I think it'd be cool. I like the idea of getting one or two of those older guys to rotationally come in and pass rush. I think they'd thrive in that role, and Ryan Kerrigan already did. I don't think it's panic time yet, but... It's hard not to when you keep seeing these guys go. You're like, oh, man, we're down to who's left. And in my mind, I'm thinking we're probably not getting the best guy available left, so who's after that? Um, just pessimistic a little bit. But I do think there's plenty of talent out there, and we're in a good draft spot to get either, in my opinion, I think it come down to three guys. One has to be available probably to Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, and Penny Sewell. So whatever we don't attack in free agency, I'd expect us to attack in the draft. That doesn't just mean tight end for Kyle Pitts, because really he's, he's a floater. He's going to move to X wide receiver. He's going to play Y, Y off. I wouldn't put him in an H back situation, but yeah, he moves around. So I think if we attack wide receiver heavy, we're moving to Sewell in the draft. And if we attack O-line heavy, then we're going for one of those two
1: pass catchers. Great takes, as always, Sans. Sans before I let you go, what about the option of signing a veteran quarterback to back up Burrow? I mean, did we just do that by re-signing Allen, or do you think there's any possibilities for us out there? Yeah, I think we did that by re-signing Allen. Uh, at least that's, that was my thought process was once I saw us re-sign Brandon Allen, I assume we're not going after one of these guys. Yeah, I got you. And it, and it comes down to finances, I guess, in, in the case of that, because Brandon Allen's going to come at a much lower price tag
2: yeah, it's, a move, it's another move that made me think that we were going all in for uh, Joe Tini or somebody, but uh, I guess we're going for quantity over uh, the extreme quality end.
1: Well put, my friend. How do people find you on social media? I'm
2: at Bengals underscore Sands on Twitter.
1: Excellent. Everyone out there, give Sands a follow. His Twitter account is off the hook. So much quality Bengal stuff and pretty much rapid fire, man. You, you definitely are posting a lot on there, and it's very entertaining and informative. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of draft stuff right now. Once we sign
2: some free agents, I'll look into that. And if you want to see what they do well, how they fit the scheme, everything like that. And then during the season, it's a ton of clips of what we do offensively, defensively, and how players are playing.
1: Excellent work, my friend. I'll talk to you soon, Sands.
2: Yeah, talk to you later.
1: That'll do it for this episode. Next episode, we're going to continue to review the Bengals' forays into free agency. Tom McLevy is going to stop by for another McLevy Minute. And Sands is going to come by with some expert analysis as well. I'd like to thank at Bengals Highlights on Instagram, the best page out there. Really cool highlights, really cool music, definitely something you should check out. And I'd also like to thank the Zedia Network, the network responsible for bringing you the unofficial Bengals podcast. You can find them at Zedia Network on Instagram or Twitter. And Zedia is just like the word media, only with a Z. Thank you for listening to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. The
0: Unofficial Bengals Podcast.